Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Go to CruiseControlRadio.com and like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Cruise Control, Control. your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Industry news will fix or repair your car on the air. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Your ride is about to begin because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. That's right. You are on cruise control. Welcome, everyone. It's Fred Staub and Les Jackson. We are glad we are taking on a ride around the automotive industry. That's what we love to do on your on-air automotive magazine, Cruise Control. Got a lot to get to, Les. A lot of the news is coming out of Shanghai, China, because it was the auto show there. And we're going to have plenty of reveals because, frankly, that's one of the only places that you can have a car show. That's right. Has that becoming the biggest car show in the world? Uh, I don't know, but I know they made at Volkswagen, they made an SUV that is so big, it's even <laughs> too big for America. Again, I, I just don't believe you. <laughs> okay. Well, but, but I'll I'll take you I'll take you at your word, but Yep. Well, you've got a story on Toyota getting into yeah. the uh, electric crossover game. Well, they continue getting uh, heavily into the electric crossovers, and Honda says it's going all electric by 2040. I bet it happens before that. Yeah, I, I would bet, too. And it's interesting also, GM said this week they're going to keep internal combustion engines around past 2035. So. A lot of a uh, lot of a fluid situations, a lot of fluid situations going on in the automotive world. We'll tell you all about it. But uh, Genesis goes Electrolux with its G80 electric vehicle. Great Boy, vehicle. That's Beautiful. gonna be cool. Yeah. Boy, I wish I had money. <laughs> uh, anyway, VW prices out its Taos crossover. Great name. Great name for a crossover. And, of course, shows off the mega SUV, the the, the Hinden SUV, uh, Gargantua. <laughs> I, I believe it's an eight-row SUV. <laughs> <laughs> That's called a bus. <laughs> yeah, well, they say it's too big for the U.S. We'll talk about that, what they mean. And why is it a great time to sell a used car? Apparently, people that have extra used cars are being told, just sell it and you'll make a lot of money. Yeah, but you got to replace it. Well, if you have an extra car just sitting around, maybe you're not commuting anymore, you know? Hmm. Good point. Yeah. And uh, Fred told us, uh, told you earlier about everything you need to know about overlanding. And we're going to have, uh, that's a documentary on the FYI and History Channel. And you got us a guest to talk all about it, didn't you? Yeah, Sean Gorman is Land Rover's um, test guy. He is a test and engineering consultant, and uh, he's going to join us and tell us uh, why the best part of overlanding is getting there. And I always felt that. I mean, you go on a road mm -hmm. trip, it's the best part of the trip is getting it is. there. You know? Great. Yeah, if you're a, a car person uh, or a truck person. So. 
We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. Don't forget to check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com, where you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. It's all there, and we will be right back. I'm Fred Staub. He's Les Jackson. A lot to get to, a lot of reveals, so stay tuned. Cruise Control is live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern on Facebook and YouTube. For the latest news on new models, automotive tech, industry insider interviews, and new vehicle reviews, tune in live starting at 10 a.m. Eastern every Saturday on YouTube and Facebook Live. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Lesson Fred here. We promised you to uh, fill you in on the vehicles uh, revealed at the Shanghai Auto Show, the only <laughs> uh, show, uh, big auto show running currently in the world. Yeah. Because of, we all know why. Yep. <clears throat> um, but a lot of new stuff. Yeah, Les, and uh, big announcement from Toyota. They are going to bring out, or they showed off a concept, all-wheel drive, all-electric SUV. Toyota, of course, has been a little late in the game to tip its toe into it. They call it, and I hope they have a new name for it, the Toyota BZ4X BEV. <laughs> wow. Has a I... ring to it, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I would hope I would hope that uh, they would uh, change that to something else, but I think they will, but it really looks like it really looks like the uh, Rav Four in many ways, and there's not a lot of information on this. But uh, Toyota says uh, they are committed to carbon neutrality by 2050, but they hope to have 70 models, electric models, released by 2025 including 15 new battery electric vehicles, seven of which will be Toyota BZ models. That is a huge number of vehicles, electric vehicles, in a short period of time, isn't it? It is, but stand by. We're going to see a lot of that. Yep, but please call it something other than BZ4X. I just, just hate these letter designations. You know, some manufacturers feel that electric cars need these letters, and I just think it's terrible. It's also weird that it is uh, little b, uh, capital Z, for capital X. <laughs> just, no. No, I, I don't think so. Bad either. idea. But the vehicle looks nice. The vehicle it does, looks nice. Does. Uh, the one thing about it, the front end is almost completely vertical. Which style-wise, and and also I I see that there is uh, no grill on it, and you know that's my pet peeve, isn't it? I talk about electric cars should have some kind of grill, other than just a big flat area. I guess there's a little grill on there, but uh, it just looks like it lacks detail, and the fact that the front is almost flat aerodynamically, it's like driving a bulldozer, isn't it? Well, yeah, uh, but still, you know, it, it, it you know, there's great appeal for sure for that type of look. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't really mind a flat look um, so much. I, if it, if it had no grill, it would be horrible. Yeah, at least it has a little bit. 
little bit of a grill. Hey, let's talk about Honda announcing this week that they will go all electric by 2040. It's going to develop two new EV models, and they're not going to do away with their hydrogen vehicles. They're going to keep them going, which is good to hear, isn't it? Well, 2040 is too far away. Um, As you know, for years I've been predicting... Uh, passenger vehicles are going to be all electric by 2030. I still maintain that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are many, many reasons for this. But, you know, Honda is a world market, and maybe certain countries, they'll still offer uh, gas models. Well, here's an interesting angle on this they're going to license GM's Ultium battery pack architecture and gm is going to help them develop two large size ev models one which will sell under the honda brand while the other will wear the acura badge so while they're kind of getting into the electric vehicle situation late um much like toyota they are teaming up with general motors which we always said is the smart thing to do in the automotive business isn't it it is. Um, these these uh, these are very complex components. Um, for the economy of scale, you've just got to join in. Yeah, yeah. And it makes sense why reinvent the wheel. You know, uh, I have seen, we are talking tremendously about electric vehicles overall in the automotive industry. But in the last year or so, aut- autonomous vehicles... Not so much. Not so many people talking about it. Uh, yeah, less of it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. Hey, but we've got plenty more to <laughs> talk about. Except the crashes. Except the crashes, yeah. <laughs> we got plenty more to talk about on cruise control, including a Genesis electric vehicle and more. So stay tuned. I'm Fred Staub. He's Les Jackson. We'll be right back. Check out the live show on our YouTube page, Cruise Control, Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Lesson Fred here. We're talking about all the stuff going on at Shanghai, but uh, specifically electric vehicles. And uh, one of our, well, uh, maybe our favorite vehicle, Genesis, is... uh, the electrified G80 is coming up, and boy, boy, <laughs> they make me, be- me want. <laughs> they make beautiful vehicles, don't they, Genesis? Well, they're just beautifully engineered, too. Yeah, and it has a grill, and that—that's the key mm-hmm. thing. It's an electric vehicle with a grill. I—I uh, have to say, I—I I had uh, one of their big cars. I had their G80. I had their uh, G90. And uh, they are just beautiful cars. They they are just nice, comfortable cars. And they had their GV80, of course, which is their SUV. Um, have you been in any of these Genesis uh, lately? Not, not in over a year. Yeah. Well, they are great. Once you get into them, you'll you're gonna love them. But let's talk about this. Uh, the fact that uh, they are building uh, this electric GV or G80. GV would be for their crossover. G80 is for their electric cars. It is quite 
the interesting vehicle. Released, of course, in Shanghai uh, this week. And we don't have a lot of information about this other than it will have the fast charge to 80% in 22 minutes, which seems now to be the standard thing. You have to have ability to charge up to 80 85%. Um, it will come standard with all-wheel drive and have a 0 to 60 time of 4.9 seconds. And it has, uh, for the all-wheel drive system, something I love this, a DAS, a Disconnector Actuator System, that can connect or disconnect the motor and drive shaft based on different driving conditions. So it can switch between rear-wheel drive and all-wheel drive to reduce unnecessary power loss. And uh, it, uh, do we have range on this? Let's see. I think we might. It, it does have all the goodies that you get in the G8, including active noise, road control, and things like that. I don't think we have a range on this yet. Well, they call it more than 500 kilometers. Les, what's the... Uh, uh, 500 kilometers would yeah. be 300 miles. Okay, so that's what they're estimating the range, but that's based on the Korean EV certification system. We don't know what that will be uh, when it comes to the U.S., but it certainly most assuredly, will come to the U.S. The grill has to be there, that that uh, shield grill, uh, because if it wasn't there, it wouldn't be a uh, Genesis vehicle. It's there, and it's just more decorative than, uh, than actually um, functional in a sense that it's not needed as a traditional grill. But, yeah, beautiful car. If that will be one to drive. I'm sure it will be incredible. It will be like having an S-Class Mercedes for a lot less money, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Uh, well, and and remember, these things have a ten-year warranty. Yeah, exactly. It's got gets the great warranty there. Coming up now, uh, we got to talk about a vehicle from Volkswagen. Uh, the uh, how do you say it? The Taos. Talagon. Well, the Taos is the. Oh, you mean the Taos? I'm sorry. The the very small. Crossover. Yeah, they say it's larger though than the Tiguan, which was the formerly the small crossover. We have some pricing information on this: twenty-two thousand nine ninety-five. Not a bad price. Uh, it's powered by a hundred and fifty-eight horsepower, one-point-five liter turbo four in front-wheel drive or four motion. Nice little vehicle for that price. I like that price. That's that's a good price. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll have to get more information on this. It's going to be available in the S, the SE, and the SEL. SEL uh, are priced at uh, $31,490 for front-wheel drive, $33,45 for four-motion. SE, which will probably be the uh, the crux of the matter, uh, $27,245 for front-wheel drive, $28,695 for four-motion, which is all-wheel drive. Um I bet that is going to be the one that is the big seller. But still not a bad price for under $30,000. You get uh, all of that uh, Volkswagen goodness in a smaller package. But less, why stay with a smaller package when you ha can have something that sounds like a delicious salad, the Telegon, right? Yes, that's right. Um, if, you, if you happen to want to bring your horse with you <laughs> if you have pet horses yes yeah um it's a big suv but actually uh, i've been studying the dimensions uh 
I think the Ford Expedition uh, is bigger. Yeah. Now this is this is going to be a seven seat SUV. It measures two hundred and two inches long, seventy eight point eight inches wide, seventy inches high, on a hundred and seventeen point three inch wheelbase. Uh, it is bigger than the Atlas, and uh, it. Uh, uh, let's see, the Atlas is 198.3 inches. Uh, this is 202 inches. It's not coming that's, to the U.S. It's uh, 16 feet, one inch. It's not coming to the U.S., though. They say it's too big. Well, it's 78 inches wide. That's pretty wide. Yeah. Up to six or seven occupants inside. A uh, dual screen setup, similar to the Golf's, a floating center console, a 2.5 liter V6, and uh, is what powers it. Uh, there, well, there are several options that will be available, including a 2.5 liter V6. This is only going to be in, available in China. <clears throat> so um, we'll talk. Wonder why? We'll talk about that. Well, for now, you never know if it's uh, if it's. Yep. Yeah, I guess the Atlas is selling well. They don't want to mess with the Atlas. Is is the sells great? Is the key thing here? So, hey, uh, why is it a great time to sell your used car? Uh, interesting study here. Interesting article. According to car gurus, in the last three months, used car prices have jumped more than six percent. Pickup trucks and SUVs are up. Expectedly, but sedans are up 6% as well. And no one buys sedans, according to this article from CarBuzz. The average price for a used car is now $23,816. That's kind of what I would want to pay for a new one. Yeah. So the average price for a trade-in is up from $14,000 a year ago to $17,000 now. And what's interesting is uh, this article also says Carvana, of course, they are famous for their car vending machines and bringing the car to you, is selling a new car at a rate of one every 2.2 minutes. <laughs> Wouldn't you like the cash from that just from one day? Just Yeah, just for one day. Yeah. So the problem is there are not a lot of cars around. They, the new cars are being held up due to chip shortages uh, there's a big demand for people coming out, uh, wanting to buy a new car, and they're just not around. And so it's it's supply and demand. Even that ship that blocked the Suez Canal is still causing problems for the for the average buyer. It you know uh, they have an example here that a 2014 Mustang GT. Uh, Sold for twenty four thousand dollars. Only six thousand dollars less than what it they yeah, paid for. That's it. that's seven years old. And a lot of people are saying, if you have a car like that, let's say you have that Mustang sitting there, and you're not using it, you can sell it. You know, if it's an extra car and make some money. Yeah, it's so, amazing. It it really is amazing. So, you know, it is a trend. Will it last forever? Les Jackson, it will not last forever. So if you have nope. cars kicking around, you better sell them. 
Hey, when we come back, we're going to tell you all you need to know about Overlanding. It's a great new documentary on FYI and the History Channel. Sean Gorman, who knows everything about Land Rovers, is going to join us. So stay tuned to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. He's Les Jackson. We'll be right back. Got a topic or a vehicle you'd like Cruise Control to cover? Leave us a comment on our Cruise Control Radio Facebook page. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson, and we've been joined by Sean Gorman, who is Land Rover's off-road test and engineering consultant. And uh, Les and I had a chance to watch a great doc this week. Matter of fact, we have a link up on our Cruise Control Facebook page. It's called All You Need to Know Overlanding. And this is a topic that's been getting a lot of coverage lately. And it's pretty mm. exciting to me uh, because, well, I, I did a lot. <laughs> I did RVing, which is not overlanding, but I also did camping <laughs> outdoors when I was in the, in the Boy Scouts. So I understand being out under the stars at night. And um, as I mentioned, we, the, this great documentary that uh, we had a chance to uh, see. And now we have someone that has a chance to be part of it, and that is Sean Gorman. Welcome to Cruise Control, Sean. How are you? Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Yeah, the the documentary was a lot of fun. I mean, who, what, what car guy or truck guy wouldn't want to take some Land Rover Defenders, brand new Land Rover Defenders, and go off on an incredible road trip uh, and make a great uh, documentary about it? Yeah, it was a great time. We had a great time making it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a perfect car for it, but also it's uh, just a great opportunity. It's not something very often that uh, you get, you know, a major network who who really is interested in it. And um, Christian Murphy, the guy who was the, the main host there, he uh, he's actually an A&E executive. So it was pretty, uh, pretty cool thing to do to take a, an executive um, from a, a one of the networks out and really be able to show him kind of what I do and what Scott does and uh, put that together into a, I think it turned out to be a, a really nice piece actually. It's beautifully filmed. Uh, it makes, it makes you want to go on, on this trip. Um, because of course, it, well, you know, I've never done this. I mean, I have camped out a few times and, uh, mostly spent a lot of time in drive-in theaters so <laughs> i don't think count. that i don't think that counts uh but i mean uh, this is just uh, it just looks like so much fun and you're taking your time every day you're, you're seeing what's there yeah that's right <clears throat> yeah i think what's what's really amazing about it is that um you know, overlanding is this big segment of the off-road industry that has really kind of boomed in the last 10 years, but it's it's not really a new thing either. I mean, uh, historically, especially here in the U.S., I mean, we talk a lot about overlanding in Australia and things like that, but the reality is, is that the U.S. has a, a huge history going back to the late teens and, and 20s of, of uh, tour uh, and using automobile tourism, and that's part of what really built our national park system. And and I think for, for me personally, the, the fun part of what I do is, you know, I get to work with, uh, with cars and car, car companies, car manufacturers to help them build cars that do things better. But it also allows just a, 
an average normal driver uh, a lot more capability and access to the backcountry, which to me is a very important part and something that we kind of take for granted here in the States because we have so much federal land that we have access to. You know, what's interesting is uh, the documentary talks a little bit about the beginnings of it all. And uh, Christian Murphy, who is the one of the folks, as you mentioned, the uh, executive that's uh, on the show, he talked about it starting in Australia. And I had a laugh because it was kind of like herding cattle with Land Rovers, <laughs> which is an interesting concept, I guess. Yeah, I mean, right, overlanding, I mean, really, as it relates to us in this country in particular, I mean, I guess really could go back to the pioneers crossing the, the, the plains and heading to the west. I mean, it's the idea of, uh, you know, being able to be self-sufficient in the backcountry and, and try to be as comfortable as possible. And, and I think that's kind of where it's morphed to where we're at today with it, which is it's uh, the scope has gotten very wide. You know, when I first got into it, um, you know, kind of was more of a tool to get out into the backcountry, and and now you look in and you go to things like Overland Expo and these these uh it's become quite a cult following but you know you have huge vans all the way to unimogs and and uh, what I call land yachts you know they're, <laughs> they're basically off-road RVs um at that point so you know, there's quite a big gamut and I think it's kind of neat because you have um you have uh, the ability to get people who would typically be a, a slightly averse to going out into the backcountry because they'd be uncomfortable or things like that but it, it gives them access to that so you can get out there and kind of kind of see our country and see the world a bit and at the same time be able to get off the pavement yeah that's which is that's that's the thing i mean you really and it's hard to do today to get away from everyone but this is what i think the appeal of overlanding is and i think that's why the documentary was so good. I mean, it, it, it really is a how-to of how to overland, what you have to do. I mean, if people want to get involved with this, what let's take us through, what did you guys do? It, you really kind of, you started off with Land Rover Defenders, a great a great thing to start with as a piece of kit. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for the average person, the reality is if, um, if you have a, a semi-capable off-roader, and honestly, it doesn't really even need to be an off-roader. To be fair, there's there's a lot of people that have a Subaru Forester, you know, they're Subaru pretty capable. Uh, they're actually pretty they're capable. Sure. Yeah, they absolutely are. And and especially here in the western part of the U.S., I live here in Colorado, and even in Colorado, Utah, up into Wyoming, and things like that. There's so much uh, forest road and and what I would call semi-improved roads um, that that a you know a car is, is completely capable to do. And and I think that if you if you start with what you have and then as you start to get more invested and involved in it, it's worth, you know, it might be worth investing, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a progress. I don't think you need to, I don't think you need to go out and buy a brand new car. You don't need to go out and buy, you know, you don't need to go buy a brand new defender and totally deck it out with everything. <laughs> I mean, the, the reality is, is that, you know, the, the more capable the car and the more capable you become driving the car, the more access you have. And so what you'll typically find is, you'll get to a point you're like, oh, I wish I could go there, but I don't have the stuff to do it. And then you can start to put the kit together to be able to get there. Can you tow a trailer like we just saw in the video? Can you tow something over the, the, the majority of those roads? Well, you know, that's kind of an interesting one. So you, you can, I mean, the, the challenges off-road with a trailer are, are exponentially <laughs> different. So, 
Um, like a lot of the stuff that you saw on the show that we did, uh, it would be really hard to do with a trailer. Now, the thing to remember, and, and the thing that's great about a trailer is that, so it's, a, it's like most things in life, there's pros and cons. So the good thing about a trailer is that if you're, if you're into the type of thing where you go somewhere, you park, you can set up your camp, you can set up your trailer and you can leave it and then go kind of do day trips or, or get access to other places. But me personally, if I were going on a really long trip, uh, self-supported, I'd probably try to avoid a trailer uh, just because at some point it's, it's going to become a problem. But like I said, I see a lot of people with them out there and, uh, and uh, I, 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 I feel for him trying to pull that thing around. <laughs> we are speaking with Sean Gorman, who is a Land Rover's off-road test and engineering consultant. And the name of the show, which you can see, we actually have a link up on our Facebook page, our Cruise Control Facebook page. It's called All You Need to Know Overlanding. It aired on FYI and the History Channel. We have a link on our Facebook page. It's going to air again, by the way, on May 19th. I understand uh, in expanded form. So maybe we'll hear more about uh, uh, those uh, great lamb shanks that were cooked later on in the show. <laughs> maybe we'll get a, yeah. a, a full cooking lesson uh, from Christian there. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, uh, those lamb, the lamb shanks were pretty awesome. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's talk about you, you prep for this event, you prep for this trip, road trip. I, I thought of uh, my co host, Les, because they said uh, the lines had something like you got to bring a lot of stuff, important things. And I saw a bag of Lay's potato chips. So he likes Lay's. <laughs> it's like yeah. only the important things. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then uh, you set off on the road. You went to Sedona, I believe, was one of the first stops. I love that because yeah. that's uh, where I went on my honeymoon and beautiful red rocks, tons of hiking, tons of trails. There's a lot of they have a lot of vendors that do rides, off road rides in there. What was that like? And I, I think probably one of the things we should point out and one of the best points you made along the way is it doesn't always go to plan. And that's kind of the good thing. It doesn't always say like, OK, Tuesday we will be here at 7 a.m. and then we'll do this. Sometimes like you get out into the middle of nowhere and there's a locked gate. Yeah, that stuff does happen. And uh, I think that is part of the the fun part of, of overlanding really is, uh, you know, I it's that it's that feeling of being self-sufficient so if you get someplace and something happens and I mean the reality is, is that's that's part of the responsibility that we take when we do travel into the into the backcountry you know particularly if you travel alone is that you better you better really know what you're doing and you better really have the right stuff to be able to handle it because there may or may not be somebody who can come and, and tell you out you know all right, well, hold it right there, Sean. We'll be right back with more about this great documentary that you can see on the FYI channel. It's called All You Need to Know About Overlanding. I'm Fred Staub. He's Les Jackson. More cruise control coming up after this. Get even more automotive content from Cruise Control. Head over to our Cruise Control YouTube page and subscribe. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson, and we're joined by Sean Gorman, Land Rover's off-road test and engineering consultant. We are talking about this great documentary that you can check out on the FYI channel. All you need to know about overlanding. It's a documentary. It's been on the History Channel as well. We have a link up on our page, Facebook page, so go check it out. And uh, really great footage, uh, amazing footage, and a road trip show where you go way off-road. We were talking, Sean, uh, you were in uh, Sedona, Arizona, yep. 
and then you head on over to one of the most amazing areas of the U.S., uh, the Grand Canyon. Yeah, the Grand Canyon, um, it's one of those just kind of epic spots, and uh, particularly in the North Rim, which is a, is a, an area that doesn't get explored near as much as the South Rim where the, the uh, visitor centers are and such. Uh, and the North, the North Rim is a, is a cool area in the fact that uh, you, you can't actually camp right up on the rim, and, and it's much more isolated and remote compared to the South. Yeah, uh, you ever think of what, I, and I wanted to look this up before we did this segment, but what was it like when someone came over the ridge and they got into a little clearing and saw this for the first time, you know, whoever, whoever discovered it. I mean, what do you think they said? They probably were trying to get to the other side somehow. <laughs> like, like, oh, no. Yeah, now, now what do we do? This is going to take a little longer than we thought, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you got to stay basically right on the on the rim right i mean yeah yeah we did we camped uh camped right up on the rim um kind of interesting just trying to get film permits and to to do that um not so not so much to camp there but to be able to film it's kind of interesting there was a, a very hard line that we were not allowed to cross <laughs> so okay. a lot of that imagery is all from one direction which is kind of kind of funny little behind the scenes stuff yeah, can you uh, can the average person that's not doing a documentary can they get that close out there at overland? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's the Bureau of Land Management and National Forest Land. So um, <clears throat> basically, uh, every U.S. citizen owns that owns that land and has access to it. Um, we we can go out there and 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 enjoy that. Uh, there are certain times of the year, particularly in the winter, uh, that that area is closed because of snow. And um, you can't get can't get into it then, but yeah, if it's if it's open, you can you can cruise down there, and and anybody can camp in that area. And of course, did you uh, tread lightly? Did you run in? Did you run into any interesting critters <laughs> on the trip? Uh, you know, we didn't really. Uh, no, not particularly. I mean, we didn't really see any snakes. We we did see a few scorpions at night. They were they were kind of you know they keep to themselves and. No, nothing, nothing really, uh, really crazy or wild. Yeah. No bear or anything. Yeah. Uh, well, what, who were your three folks that you, you mentioned, uh, Christian Murphy, who is an executive at A&E and, uh, the other fellow along there with the ride was. Yeah, that's Scott Brady. And, uh, Scott, uh, he started and founded a, um, a magazine. Oh, I don't know. It's probably 12 or 15 years ago now called Overland Journal, which is kind of the international, publication of of uh overlanders and and people who who travel the world via vehicle um yeah it's, it's a great it's a great magazine honestly if you've never seen it you should check it out it's uh it's like a travel log and it's uh it's only published four or five times a year but it's it's fantastic it's real it's real legitimate stuff so and one of the things you did you went for a ride in the sand and i learned from this that the good rule of thumb when airing down your tires, if you have 16 inch wheels, take it down to 16 pounds. I never knew that. Yeah. You know, that's something that I teach. Um, I spent um, quite a lot of time in the middle East doing engineering and, and, uh, and testing with cars. And I think it's just a really good rule of thumb is, is that's a good place to start. I mean, our, our thing we always worry about in the sand is, 
um, you know, you're a little bit faster, you have a little bit more momentum, and it's not that difficult to to pull a tire or or have one come off the bead of the rim. Mm-hmm. And so if you start with the that that idea of whatever your wheel size is, it's a it's a pretty safe safe estimate that you're going to be fine, that you're not going to going to roll that off. Hence the reason why a lot of people use bead locks. So correct. So yeah. basically, the wheel is clamped on there screwed into it and it's not gonna not gonna come off sort of like a drag car that's what they do with them they actually put sheet metal screws through the beads so they don't uh, don't come off i i i tell you the the documentary is great because you get the feel for the road trip you get the feel for the fun you get the feel for christian learning uh, more about off-roading i don't know what his background was with off-roading but he he got a lot of great tips Rock climbing, I, I, I've always been, uh, um, you know, rock crawling, I should say. I've always been amazed at that, the capability. And we were saying during the break that you and I probably have driven together. And uh, I remember going on a trail, like, it's through the woods. And I was like, I would never bring my my new Land Rover or any new thing <laughs> through the woods. Because <laughs> I was yeah. like, there's a real good chance you're going to uh, readjust the sheet metal in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, the, um, the funny thing about doing all that, that, that driving is that, you know, you, you start to see kind of what the cars are actually capable of. And, and uh, I think that's, I think that's kind of part of the fun, right? Is like, it's, uh, overlanding is really, it's really about adventure travel and being able to use a car as the tool to, to provide that. And I think that for those of us that like cars, like you, like you two, and I do, you know, this is a really nice compromise and a good blend of, uh, of a lot of things that that we probably enjoy talk about the defender a little bit i mean of course the defender was the i would call it the blood and guts uh, land rover before old school like a, a a seat and a shift and a steering wheel and metal everywhere but this new one is quite different yeah it's interesting you know um <clears throat> you know i've i've got a couple old ones uh and it's just a really iconic car, right? I mean, typically, if you think of going to Africa or crossing the Kalahari or something, you think about the shape of an old Defender. And, and uh, you know, it, it, that car was in, in production quite a long time. And if you really think of Land Rover, that the car kind of dates back really to square one with the business and the brand. And, you know, so this, this car is a huge technological step forward uh, as to what the car does from a technology standpoint. And and I think you could make the argument that it's 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 probably a more capable car. I can tell you it's a it's a it's a lot more capable when it comes to being on the road. Um, uh-huh. It's a lot more comfortable, and you saw it pulling those trailers and uh, and things like that. And the old the old cars, you know, they're they're a much more tractor like and tractor like. That's what I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a I think that's a good a good description of it. It's a lot more tractor like. And and the reality is is that um, you know for for uh for the the way that most of us use a car from day to day is that the the new defender is is just the perfect ticket for it i mean it it really is designed for overlanding and that kind of use it's it's designed more for that than it is to to be a big rock crawler it's really not designed to have 37 inch tires and yeah uh, you know huge flexi suspension and stuff it's a much more medium to heavy duty type uh build designed to carry weight distances versus being long and flexy and and just going out to Moab and kind of how uh, with two people in it, how how much can you store in it, and how 
long can you stay out in it? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. Yeah, I couldn't tell you exactly what the gross vehicle weight is on the car. Um, but, you know, to get, to give you some, some conceptually is that you can, you can put, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty good, big guy. I'm about 250 pounds. You can put four of me in there and have plenty of gear on it and still be under gross vehicle weight, which wow. is hmm. actually quite rare these days in, in the automotive world, unless you start getting into, into trucks. Yeah. I like, um, I like the tent, the rooftop tent. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, the rooftop tents are a funny thing because uh, here in Colorado, where I live, you're starting to see rooftop tents on everything. I saw one yesterday on a minivan. Uh, <laughs> it's a house. So they're, they're, uh, yeah. And you know, it's, what's cool about, again, there's pros and cons of everything. So the, the beauty of the rooftop tent is it opens up <clears throat> an area and a lot of people who, who, again, who would be uncomfortable to normally camp feel real comfortable in a rooftop tent. They're not on the ground and, uh, and those kinds of things. And me personally, I, I have a rooftop tent on my car and I still probably mostly sleep on the ground. Uh, it's I find just the it, way you like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's quicker. Yeah. The name of the doc is called all you need to know overlanding. It's on FYI and the history channel. Sean, we appreciate you uh, coming on the radio show. Uh, really good uh, information and check out that doc. You can check out a link on our Facebook page. So time for me to say I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We're going to see you down the road. Take care. Bye. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Go to cruisecontrolradio.com.